Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We haven't done some chats in a long time. Um, we've been doing some in-person events. We went to a beer tasting. We went to a wine tasting. We did stretch lab. We've done all these fun things. But I really wanted to get back to these chats because there's so many women in this group who are doing incredibly awesome things. And I also like to bring in people like my guest now who really can help us in midlife deal with the issues and realize that we have the power to overcome them. So Jennifer Sweeney, I can't even remember how we met. I think I, I found you on Instagram maybe, but um, Jennifer is an author and she is the founder of Periwinkle that helps women deal with perimenopause. And I've got to be honest, I had never even heard of perimenopause before you, like I knew about menopause, but like, I don't even know if I, I I'm 57. So I'm sure I had perimenopause. I didn't even know about it. How'd you, how'd you get into this? Yeah. So you're not alone, Allison. I had never heard of the term perimenopause either until I was in it. So essentially for me in my early to mid forties, everything was going great. My life was wonderful. I had, you know, a career that I loved. I was in a happy marriage. I had some rambunctious teenagers, but you know, felt okay overall. And my health was good. And then like almost overnight, I gained 20 pounds, like just by blinking. I mean, I woke up one day and I was like, wait, what is going on? I was anxious and depressed. I wasn't sleeping. I could not sleep. Like I would fall asleep. And then I'd wake up every night at like three 30 or four in the morning. Ugh. Yeah. It was awful. So I was like, this is, this doesn't seem right. There's something going on. So I visited my gynecologist. I visited my primary care clinician. I actually went and saw an endocrinologist as well. Cause I was really concerned about the weight loss. Like I've always been fit. I've always worked out. You know, I have a pretty good diet and none of them had any answers for me. So I started doing some research on my own and it turns out there is this period of time and it can last up to 15 years for some way. 15 years? years, which seems kind of cruel, given yeah. the things that we deal with as women. Uh, so I'm trying not to look at it that way, though. I've <laughs> shifted my perspective. And I, feel, I you know I love being a woman. And yeah. it would have been nice if someone had given me a heads up. That, yeah. You know, in my 40s, and for some women in their late 30s, our hormones would shift and we would have some potentially significant things happen. Some, some women sail through perimenopause. They sail through menopause. And it's almost like, you know, just go through the next stage of life. But for many of us, we have emotional symptoms, we have physical symptoms. And when I realized what was happening, I was like, why didn't anyone give me a heads up? Why can't I find anything about this? Like when I was pregnant with my kids, there was this book that I still love. It's called The Girlfriend's Guide to Pregnancy. And it walked me through the whole thing. Like I knew what to expect. I kind of felt like, okay, you know, I, this is a normal stage of life. I can do this. So basically I wrote this guide. It's called, you've got to be kidding me. I'm in New York. <laughs> so I was like, you, you really have got to be kidding me. Um, and it's essentially all the symptoms, the stages that you go through during perimenopause. Again, it can be up to 15 years. I think for me, it'll be a 10 year period of time um, with the goal of helping women really just get their arms around this period of time and thrive. I don't want people to feel like they just have to sort of survive through perimenopause. Right. I think we can make it a good stage of life. So I love the title of that book, but I actually have a book coming out, not the one I want to write right now, but that title is going to be, you can't make this shit up because I think that would be kind of appropriate for this too. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody just said there definitely needs to be a lot more open conversation about it. 
Yeah. And I, that's one of the reasons I have this group because I want it to be a safe space for us to just be honest about what's going on in our lives and be supported. But I just, it, it, it still infuriates me that the medical industry ignores women, tells us that we're just stressed or, you know, and, and, and really doesn't look at what's going on. Like we had, I had Dr. Robin Rose on and, and she talks about gut health a lot. And that's another issue that doctors don't talk about. Yeah. So I would love to talk about that. Um, so, so a little bit of background. I have been a patient advocate for the last 20 years of my career, if not more. I um, run a business focused on helping the healthcare industry work with patients and families more effectively. I also work with clinicians because I believe if, unless we have a clinical workforce that is happy and resilient, how can they themselves heal the rest of us? I mean, that's right. incredibly important. So here's what's fascinating. And it's something I found out while I was researching this guide. Most clinicians, the vast majority, like 95% only receive one hour of training about women's health post-reproduction. Come on. One hour. So they learn all about, you know, all the things that happen in childhood. They learn about periods. They learn about pregnancy. Pregnancy is huge, obviously. And then they get one hour of training for everything else. Now we know about osteoporosis. We know about dementia. We know about high cholesterol, heart attack. All of those things get about one hour of training. So one thing I will say is I, you know, when I went into this, I was really ticked off at clinicians. Why is nobody helping me? Why am I... In this. And I still kind of feel like that. And that's why yeah. I'm writing the guide. Like we all should have information to make our decisions and to be, you know, advocates for ourselves. But I have a lot of empathy for the clinicians out there. I think they wish they could help us and they don't necessarily have the training. They're burned out. Right. You know, the pandemic really did a number on a lot of them. So what I would say to anyone out there who's listening, who's like, what is going on and how do I help myself? Look for someone who can who specializes in hormone health and hormone balance. So do not expect your primary care clinician, your gynecologist, your OB, your endocrinologist oh. even to have a specialty expertise in these issues. Most do not. So you literally have to say, and there's actually an entire chapter in the guide about what you can ask for when you're looking for a care team that can really walk with you through this process. Wow. Okay, do you work with women? In perimenopause, do you have this expertise? Once you get that, I mean, I will say, once I found the care team that knew what was going on with me, like my life has changed. Like I feel wonderful compared wow. back then. You know, in my early forties, I was, I actually thought I was going to have to retire. I didn't think I could keep on working and raise these teenagers and 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 actually like survive. Frankly, I thought I had like a, a disease or something. That and is I, incredible. I don't, but I needed to find the care team that could figure that out for me and help me. You know manage the symptoms. And so I would think it's also hard because you said because this could start in your late 30s, early 40s. I know I had my daughter when I was over 40. And so I'm sure there is women out there that are having babies, but maybe even there's perimenopause. So you've got all your hormones going on. Like it's just crazy in hormone land. Yes. And that's another. So (laughs) yeah, there's so much here. Uh, one other thing to point out is thyroid disease. So I, it turns out not only was I having issues with my reproductive hormones, I also had 
uh, hypothyroid. So I had an underactive thyroid, which is actually, I think, one of the reasons I gained 20 pounds overnight. And there are so many women walking around in the United States today with undiagnosed thyroid disease. It seems like every woman I know talks about this. Yeah. And par- it's partially, be- I think it's partially because of our diet. It's partially because of the stress that we now are all under. You know, women are as stressed as they've ever been in, in, in history. Yeah. That does a real number on our thyroid. But I think what happens is a lot of the thyroid symptoms mimic what is happening in perimenopause. So sometimes clinicians will only sort of manage the perimenopause symptoms or sort of blow it off. Oh, that's nothing. That's just perimenopause. You know, that's natural. Well, for me, you know, it wasn't, I had this really underactive thyroid. So I would say, you know, there's a lot, there's some controversy out there around uh, checking your hormone levels. You know, some clinicians will say, absolutely not. There's no reason to do that. I would highly recommend anyone who is curious or interested or concerned about how they feel in their late thirties and you know early forties, get your hormone levels checked. And why would, I, I want to just stop. We are talking to Jennifer Sweeney. She is the author of, I always want to say this right, because it's, it's a big name. You've got to be kidding me. Perimenopause symptoms, stages, and strategies. And she's also the founder of Periwinkle, which is an online site about perimenopause. And you just said something that fascinating. Why would there even be controversy about checking your hormone levels? Yeah. So I think there's a couple of reasons. Um, so some clinicians feel like your hormones fluctuate throughout the month. Why would we, you know, just because you check on day one, doesn't mean they'll be the same as day 30. Yeah. That's true. Although I will tell you, uh, thyroid disease is bad all the way throughout the month. It's not like it goes up and down. So, you know, for me, checking my hormone levels really did help me. Um, I think they also, there are some clinicians out there who think it's like a a money grab. Like every time you bring in women to change, to check their hormones, you can charge them for labs. And they're like, well, why are we doing that? Well, again, for me, it turns out I had completely run out of testosterone. By the time I was 45, I had like a level of seven. You can be up into your hundreds for testosterone levels in your forties. I was at seven, which is why I was flabby. Like I gained all of this like fat in my body. Like it wasn't, you know, it was no longer muscle. I was exhausted all of the time. And I was really emotional. Like it's interesting when you lose testosterone, your estrogen levels are higher compared right. to your emotional all the time. I was like losing my mind. Oh, you could not find, figure that out just by saying, Oh, you're, you know, you're, you're in your forties. You're probably right. menopause. You probably means your estrogen and your progesterone is like, no, for me, it meant I had no testosterone. And I had thyroid disease. So, you know, again, you might have to push on your clinician to ask them for these hormone you know, tests. You might have to do them yourself. You can get them online. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But I do think it's important. Yeah. And so what are the differences between perimenopause and menopause in terms of the symptoms? And also when does one end and another start? Yeah. So a lot of the symptoms are very similar. Uh, so technically menopause is means that you have not had a menstrual period for one full year. And I want to just be really clear about that again. So there's a lot of women who go like 10 months and they're like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm done. I'm, I'm in menopause. Now you have to go 12 months and you can't go 10 months, get a period and then not have a period for six months. No, you have to go full 12 months. So that's what, what menopause means. That's number one. Number two, most of the symptoms are similar 
in perimenopause and menopause, although some of them get better. So I have heard things like brain fog does get better in menopause compared to perimenopause. I don't um, know about that. Yeah, I mean, so, <laughs> you know, who knows? It, I think it's dependent upon the patient. And that is actually one of the hardest things about perimenopause. It really depends on the patient, which is why I went pretty exhaustively into the symptoms in the guide, because there are some things that happen, like some women will have these very rapid um, heartbeats during perimenopause pause, sometimes in menopause as well, they think they're having either a massive anxiety attack or a heart attack. And it turns out heart, heart palpitations are a symptom of perimenopause. And it wow. happens. Now, none of us know that. Nobody has ever told No us. one ever. And if I had heart palpitations, and in fact, I remember when I was in my mid forties, I did, but I was going through a divorce. So I just figured either I'm having a heart attack or a stress attack. Right. Who knows? Right. And I think that that creates a lot of anxiety for women. Like we don't know what's coming. And then when scary things happen, we become scared, which just adds to the stress. Right. One of the things I've learned is we cannot be stressed in perimenopause. It actually makes everything so much worse. Like if I could go back in time, one of the things I would have done in my early forties is I would have tried to eliminate stress, which you know, I was managing stress. You know, I was exercising a lot. I was meditating a little bit. I was like, oh, I'm managing the stress in my life. No, that, that's not, that actually isn't, a, you know, effective enough. At least for me, it wasn't. I was still really stressed out and that made my thyroid peter out. Yep. It really, you know, dragged down my testosterone levels and that ultimately, you know, made my life pretty miserable, honestly. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot in this group. And I talk about it in particular about, you're right, that that's kind of a bandaid on the stress. And one of the best ways to get rid of stress is to erect personal boundaries, because we allow so many people to walk over our boundaries and we're the ones that pay the price for that. So great way to eliminate stress, put up those boundaries. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If I could um, actually, so I said the two things I would do is eliminate stress. I would have learned about boundaries in my twenties and thirties. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yep. We're not, we're not great at that. So you wrote a book. What, what, I mean, it's so awesome that you started the, the site. What, what was your day job? And is this your day job now? Like how do you manage it all? Yeah. So I will be honest. I'm not managing it perfectly. Um, so like I said, Yay so I, for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who's striving for perfection, right? So I run a business called X4 Health. We are three women co-founders who do innovative healthcare consultants, consultants, consultancy. So we build social impact campaigns. So we try and work to create a better healthcare system for all of us using innovative approaches. So that's my day job and it will continue to be my day job. I love it. I feel like I make a positive impact in the world and you know, it's been a great ride so far. But like I said, you know, I was really frustrated with my own experience with perimenopause and I wanted to write the guide that I wish other women had. And that's what I did. So it took about a, a year to write this. Um, thankfully, I love to write. I have a research background. I got two English degrees. So, you know, I was in a good place to be able to write. But what happened was I got to the end of writing this guide and I was like, you know what, this is not enough because this would do one thing. This would raise awareness about perimenopause, you know, and help women know what to expect, which was a huge goal of mine, but it didn't take care of the other two goals. So the two other goals are with Periwinkle. So if anyone is interested, you can go to helloperiwinkle.com and check it out. And I'll tell you about two things there that you can get that are hopefully helpful. But the reason I created Periwinkle is one, 
I just felt like I wanted to shatter the taboos. Like we don't, someone mentioned here earlier, we don't talk about this stuff enough. And I think for me, I actually felt embarrassed. Like I still can't believe I talk about periods all the time now. Like I'm literally walking around talking about periods and like talking about, you know, dry vaginas. I mean, literally <laughs> happening. Like I, I would never have. I love it. But I feel like what's the downside? You know, <gasps> we have to talk about this stuff. And then this, the third reason I started Periwinkle is really to change the care and treatment we get. I really feel like we need to get medical schools to start training clinicians about this earlier in their-, their Certainly training. more than an hour. More than an hour, yes. So I hope anyone listening tonight will do two things. Go to the Periwinkle website, sign up, put in your email. And there's two things, you don't even have to do this to, to um, sign up your, with your email to get two things. One, you can download the first chapter of the guide so you can see whether or not this is for you. I will tell you, this is not a medical journal. Thank goodness. This is written by someone like me, <laughs> not a clinician. It's, it's like I wrote it for my sister. So it's written like in the girlfriend friend's guide, but you can check out the first chapter, see if it's for you. If not, that's fine. The other thing you can do is download a well-being tracker. So one of the things I wish I had done early in my experience with perimenopause is I wish I had like tracked what was going on in my body because what would happen is I would go to my doctor and they would be like, so what's happening? What's going on? And I had so many symptoms, but they were all over the map and mm -hmm. I was so tired. I was exhausted. I had brain and you had brain fog. Brain fog. So they would be like, well, how many, how many nights a week are you, how many nights a week are you awake? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, five. Like, I, so download that, start tracking, you know, how you're feeling, how much you're sleeping, because the other thing, and this is actually, it makes me sad every time I think about it. If you have ever in your life experienced depression or anxiety, and by depression, it can be postpartum depression as well. It means you have a 59% chance that you will experience that in perimenopause. Mm. So that's actually scary. Like there's yeah. a lot of women who experience really significant emotional issues, including myself in perimenopause. And we didn't know it was coming. Yeah. We know why it was happening. I'm like, why am I anxious and depressed? Like I love my life. Yes. Yeah. My hormones were out of whack. So I think if we know, and we're tracking that we can go to our clinicians and say, listen, this is not just a, a mental health issue. This is a biology issue. Like right. the hormones fix the hormones. Right. But you know, once I fixed the hormones, I wasn't anxious. I wasn't depressed. Um, but I think there's a tendency in our culture to be like, oh, you're anxious and depressed. Well, here's medicine, for right. it, which I'm right. totally supportive of, but why wouldn't we just. That's treating a symptom, not the entire overarching. So, so in terms of fixing your problem, was it hormone replacement therapy? Like what, what did it? And yeah, so it's been a combination of lifestyle changes, hormone replacement therapy, and herbal supplements. I've done it all <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, so I did have to change my life. I learned, like you just said, I learned to say no with boundaries. I was the person who always hosted everybody here. We have a big house. You know, I was always like, oh, great. Have everyone here. Don't do that anymore. I also was the one who had all of our family gatherings here at our, at my house with my sisters and my parents. Nope. Don't do that anymore. I mean, I do it periodically. Yeah. I always said yes to projects, you know, for work, for anything, for my neighborhood. Nope. So really dialing down the stress was a huge benefit for me. I started to feel a lot better when I said no. Um, another lifestyle change that I did that I found to be helpful, well, two of them, one, I prioritized sleep. So like, yes, we're done here. I'm going to yes. 
<laughs> like this yes. is late night for me. I go to bed so early now. I sleep. Yep. Um, and then three, I used to really over-exercise. Hmm. back, I think I under eat under eight as well. Like, I don't think I ever felt like I was intentionally, you know, restricting myself, but I was, you know, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to, you know, whatever. I just felt looking back, I would treat my body more kindly if I could. Mm -hmm. So those were the lifestyle changes. Yes. The, the second piece was hormone therapy. Um, so I have so far, I take progesterone in the evenings before I go to bed. It helps me sleep like a baby. Progesterone is your feel-good hormone. Okay. So it also just makes me feel good. Like I, it's naturally what you would want to have in your body to be relaxed and calm, and it does that for me. Um, I do take testosterone, which has helped me change my body from just like that jello that it suddenly became to building back muscle again. I still have a long way to go. Once you lose your testosterone, you know, it takes a while to build it back. Um, but it also gives me energy. And that has been really important to me when I was at level seven, you know, basically zero testosterone, I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. you need, you know, you need testosterone to sort of move and, and have energy. At some point, I imagine that I will start supplementing with estrogen. I'm not there yet. I'm still cycling. So you don't start supplementing with estrogen until you no longer have a period. But I will say for anyone who's interested in hormone therapy, you may have heard things that like hormone therapy is dangerous. Yeah. And that's because back in the 1990s, essentially, there was a study that was actually completely flawed. So that's a whole other topic I could talk about forever. But it is important to take hormone therapy early after you stop with your period. So if, you know, for me, if I stop having a cycle, you know, in seven years from now, which is what my doctor is predicting, I'll immediately start supplementing with estrogen. If you wait, that's when you could potentially have issues with cancer or with other issues. Interesting. Okay. So you're at greater risk of that. But if you don't have a genetic predisposition and you start taking hormones right after you end your cycle, it's, they're safe. Okay. And they, and they make many women feel really good. And then the last thing I've done is I have done some herbal supplements like valerian for sleep has been really helpful for me, particularly before I got the progesterone. Um, and there's a bunch of other things I include in the guide as well. This is so incredibly helpful. And, you know, so not only do I talk about personal boundaries, but I also talk about that confidence. Women don't, you know, for lack of a better word, we don't lean in, right? We, we are, we don't want to be impolite and ask. We don't advocate for ourselves. And this just shows we have to, because doctors aren't talking to us. Yeah. There is nobody coming. There is nobody coming to help us. That was what I learned in this. And it's funny, there are things that I would have done differently when it came to this journey, a lot of things I would have done differently. But one thing I am proud of is that I did advocate for myself. And I will tell you, Allison, it was not easy. Like I do have an advocacy background. I used to be a lobbyist. Like I live in Washington, DC. So I, I used to do that. I felt like such a pain in the neck and I felt rude. I'm like, why am I demanding an answer here? But I felt horrible in my own body. And I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't actually work. Yes. So um, as painful as it was and as hard as it was, I kept on pushing and thankfully, yeah, finally got answers. So, you know, if anyone is out there and feeling at your wits end, like don't give up. There are clinicians out there who can help you. It does take some time. There are some you know, ways that you can find clinicians. You know, if you look at the guide, there's a couple of strategies that I've included. Um, but I do believe we all deserve to feel good. 
This doesn't yes. have to be a time of life that we curse. Like my grandmother cursed menopause. <laughs> she oh. did. I, mean, I remember it. She remember. Oh, this is a horrible time of life. I mean, now that I have my hormones balanced, like I'm happy. I've got a great, yes. I'm an empty nester. I'm loving it. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I want women to know this doesn't have to be horrible. If you, if you, you know, follow some strategies, things can go really well. Well, this is awesome. I really encourage everybody to get your book. And I think you said you have a special offer for us too. Yes. So I'll put it in right after we hop off the um, perfect. Off the so it's um, a 20% offer and I can send it. I think I sent you the link to it. So uh, I'll check. And if you did, but yeah. So anybody watching tonight, 20% off Jennifer's book that we all need to get. We all need to know these symptoms and signs because so many people I know complain about being tired and exhausted and, and gaining weight. And, you know, one friend in particular, I am going to make sure she gets your book because I guarantee this is what it is. Yeah. I appreciate that. I, I do. I will make sure just go to the book baby site and I'll send, send you that link to be sure. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us and have a good night, everybody. And Jen, I hope we could talk again because we could probably talk forever about these topics. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me, Allison. I Absolutely. It. Take care. Bye.